welcome and thank you for tuning in to our PWC TP Talks webcast. I'm Liz Weigert, a U.S. transfer pricing partner with a focus on intercompany governance, process, control, technology, and automation. As such, I'm particularly interested in our speaker and our topic for today. I'd like to welcome Kunj Vaidya, PWC India's transfer pricing leader. We're talking today about the new country-by-country reporting and master file requirements in India and the emerging leading practices, particularly for U.S. multinationals. Kunj, it's been about six weeks since we were together at our Global Transfer Pricing Conference in London and talking about the initial reaction to these new rules. Things have certainly moved very quickly, and here we are with about a month left in the calendar year. Can you give an overview of what our listeners should be thinking about and considering right now with respect to these new rules? Surely. The Indian uh, rules for master file and CBCR are now here in final, and it went from draft to final in less than four weeks. So, sure, it was a very quick, uh, very quick pace to move there. On the CBCR front, uh, the rules, the Indian rules are very much aligned to the OECD West Section Plan 13. The requirements, the threshold, uh, the type of information to be provided is exactly the same as required under OECD. The timeline, it applies from financial year 1617 onwards, that is the financial year ended 31st March 2017. The timeline to file the CBCR is by 30th November of the same year, which is 2017. Since the rules just came out for the first year, they have allowed extension up to 31st March. The CBCR will have to be filed by 31st March 2018 for this first year, or a notification in case CBCR has been filed somewhere else. A notification has to be filed uh, two months prior to that, which is by 31st January 2018. There are kind of a bit of uh, nuances on the master file side of things, which is not exactly the same as the OECD requirements. There are additional requirements as well as the threshold. So let me start with the threshold. For a master file, every multinational group with consolidated revenues of over 77 million U.S. dollars will have to prepare and submit a master file in India. So the threshold is quite low. It's almost half of what China's requirement is. The information that goes in the master file, it requires, of course, everything that OECD asks for. In addition, there are four more information items to be included. The first one is administrative. It requires you to put in the full list of all entities, all constituent entities, along with their addresses. The second requirement is the functional analysis of all constituent entities for which the either the profit or asset or revenue of such constituent entity is over 10% of the group's asset, profit, or revenue. It's quite a high threshold, so I, I don't think there will be too many of such constituent entities in the group. Uh, we, we, I'm yet to see one in my own experience with many of the MNCs. The third additional requirement is list, a full list and addresses of all the entities engaged in development and management of R&D. And both these terms, development and management, is not really defined, so there is some scope for trying to understand what that means. And the last additional requirement is a list of top 10 third-party lenders for the group. Yes, it is the third-party lenders, not related-party lenders. 
And there is a little bit of interpretation here also to try and understand what lenders mean because there's no definition of that. Now, whether it should include only only cash loans from banks or would it include uh, mortgages or leases and so on and so forth. So those are the four additional requirements. Uh, and the last point here is they have set up a separate risk directorate under the uh, tax office which will be responsible for collecting this information and analyzing this information for performing risk assessment on the taxpayers. Wow, Kunj. Listening to that, I, uh, I want to get out my calendar immediately. Those are some very important and certainly very immediate deadlines to consider. What I'm, I'm really taking from your comments is that U.S. multinational enterprises in particular really need to think about how they're going to comply on the master file side with these new requirements, seeing as they are far more detailed in certain areas than the prevailing OECD guidance. What are the leading practices that are emerging? What, um, what guidance or, or recommendations can you give to our listeners? So, Liz, the requirements are quite clear out there. And these have to be complied with, and most multinationals that we deal with, you know, in particular the U.S. multinationals are quite high on the list of compliance, uh, being compliant in every country they operate. Our advice and what clients are looking at also is to have a, a supplement for India in particular, which would uh, cover all these additional requirements. In fact, we have developed a template that can be used to compile all this information rather quickly. It's, it's a fine balance that one has to walk between too much and too little as long as it makes a meaningful sense of what you're putting. That supplement can be filed along with your global master file with the authorities in India. This would then allow you to comply with the requirements in India. At the same time, you can leave that out when you're filing your master file in other countries because that's not really the requirement elsewhere. You know, I, I think the word that you used there that's so key is, is balance. It really is a matter of balancing the requirements that uh, U.S. multinationals and frankly all multinationals face um, globally, while at the same time ensuring that local requirements and, and specific needs are met. In working with, with U.S. multinationals in particular, uh, in terms of preparing for the, the Best Action 13 requirements to take effect, three things have, have really kind of stuck out to me. And I think you, you touched on, on uh, aspects of each of them. Uh, the first one is around how you combine a supplement to a master file to meet specific local requirements, such as those in India, with the main document. I think it's very important, and certainly I've observed this with clients, where there's a focus on having a single voice. There may be a supplement, and it, it may even follow a very prescriptive form, a template, like you said. But it really needs to all hang together. It can't present a disjointed picture. And in that vein, we've seen that there are many companies that are getting significant stakeholder review at very senior levels of their master file. And this involves review at the, at the C-suite level. I would say that it is certainly emerging as a leading practice to ensure that the same level of stakeholder review takes place locally. Because as we know, the front lines of responding to an audit um, and examination of risk inquiry, those are first going to come locally. And we want to make sure that everyone is on the same page. And the last thing 
there have certainly been a lot of dates thrown around so far and requirements for notifications in addition to the findings of, of documents themselves. So I, I would also say that we're definitely seeing a push for strong centralized management and work planning to manage all of the requirements globally for multinationals. And so really having that centralized repository, that, that kind of centralized project management to ensure that not only are the overall requirements met, but also that these key dates uh, for notifications or filings are being met in local jurisdictions, absolutely critical and certainly emerging as a leading practice. So, from your perspective, what should U.S. multinationals be keeping top of mind right now with respect to these new rules? Well, more, more than the rules, uh, Liz, you, you touched upon this, right, the consistency part, the importance of having a common thread among what, what is being put out there in the documentation. It's very really important. To my mind, it is extremely key for the multinationals to understand and appreciate that this is not mere compliance. The documentation part is just the starting part. It's the beginning of so much of information that is going to become available with the tax office at the click of a button. And they are now starting to apply a lot of technology into this as well to run their own, own analytics on all of this information. That makes it very important to have consistency among the master file, the local file, and the CDCR. The risk directorate that I referred to earlier will be reviewing all these three documents together to assess the level of risk. And that's why it becomes that much more important that if there is something in the master file, which usually would be reflecting your, your global transfer pricing arrangements and policies, must be aligned or a bridge must be drawn between that and what's documented in the local file, which a lot of times it reflects adoption of, of global policies to the realities on ground in country. So that consistency is a very big on top of my list here. The other piece is as you go through this information, as multinationals analyze this information as they put it together, I'm sure they would start, and a lot of them have already done this, they would start observing trends and some of the areas of potential challenge or concern that may start emerging as well. Not all of them is necessarily bad, but it just may require more explanation. And that's where uh, now would be a good time to also start thinking of alternate dispute resolution strategies for going forward. India is quite committed to its advanced pricing agreement, and it's been a big success in India. It's no secret that we have had the largest amount of transfer pricing disputes, which continues to be the case. So it's a little bit on the, the decline in the last couple of years. Nonetheless, it would be a good idea to do that and see if there is a possibility to cover up some of these things proactively by exploring that forum. A couple of other points I would like to touch upon is uh, we recently conducted events in India to go over these requirements with our clients and, uh, and not taxpayers in India. Some very key revenue officials were also present in these events, and the information and direction that was coming from there is the focus will be on three things is what they are looking at. One is substance. Substance will be very key, and that's going to be the cornerstone of looking at all transferizing matters. Second is a move towards bilateralism and multilateralism, that is increased use of competent authority forums, 
uh, in future to try and resolve potential disputes going forward. And third, I think it's very important is with the amount of data that will become available, they are likely to start asking for application of profit split method versus the single-sided method, which have been very, very frequently used in India, very commonly used in India. In fact, I asked this very specific question to uh, the, the top uh, revenue official at our event, that does he expect the disputes to go down with the alignment with the OECD best plan? And his answer was, it was candid enough to say this, that in, in a short run, he expects to see a sharp increase in disputes, though over a long period it should settle down. And that saved it all. That is a very insightful comment, and I hear so many kind of key words emerging for me in this, everything from balance to having the right bridge uh, to, as you said, anticipating how you are going to proactively manage potential disputes through alternative methods than, uh, than litigation. How can taxpayers really be proactive in this process as well? So thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and, and to get your insight. Uh, and I'm very much getting uh, the sense that we should wrap up so that our listeners can get to work, uh, given that there are some deadlines in the immediate future as a result of these new rules. Absolutely. No, thank you so much, Liz, for having me on this uh, podcast. Talking about the dates, I would like to leave this message with our uh, listeners. 31st March is the timeline for filing of this document. However, there are two more dates important which come before that. By 1st of March, if you have more than one constituent entity in India, a notification has to be filed with the tax office as to which entity would be submitting the master file. So that's 1st of March and not 31st March. And the other important date is 31st of January. In case you have more than uh, one constituent entity in India and you are submitting your CBCR, in another jurisdiction, in another country, then by 31st of January, a notification has to be filed about that as well. So we're talking about less than two months from now. So with that, Kun, thank you again, and thank you so much to our listeners. We appreciate your time listening to our podcast.